Jay, join us for a drink. Amnesty Officer M34. Amnesty Scientist L52. You're new. What do you mean? To the program. The pins, they make it hard to hide. Oh, yes. I was just transferred from the Reintegration Institute. Welcome to Amnesty Housing. It's paradise in comparison. This is G27, M40, G68. Doctor. Everything all right? I didn't expect to see anyone from Moff Gideon's ship here. Gideon? I didn't know you worked for him. I heard he escaped en route to the War Tribunal. No, that was just the cover story. I heard they hooked him up to a mind flayer. I try not to think about him anymore. Thanks to the rehabilitation program, I can contribute to the New Republic. Just like you. Just like all of us. Long live the New Republic. Long, Long live, live the, the New, New Republic. Republic. Long live the New Republic. It's the Mandalorian Man, starring Dr. Pershing, Elia Kane, featuring Din Djarin, Grogu, Bo-Katan, musical guest Savage Garden, and your host, Geek Mentality Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, Geek Mentality Mike! Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you everybody, thank you, so happy to be here. Welcome back everybody to The Mandalorian Man, where today we're discussing Chapter 19, The Convert. Well, I was trying to figure out who The Convert is, and... It wasn't until the very end where I thought, oh, the convert is, well, I mean, we, we all watched the episode, right? Is the convert Bo-Katan, right? Or is there two converts? Do we have someone who uh, might be seeing the way of the Mandalorians? And is there someone who might be seeing the way of the New Republic? So much so that they will do anything for them or is that uh crap i don't know is that all bunch of hogwash and tomfoolery i'm not sure but my friends uh you know what again watching the previews of an episode will give away you know watching previously on will give away um what the episode's probably going to be about and when you see dr Jerkface and that female officer from previous episodes, previous seasons, you think, oh, well, they're going to be part of this. You see, they weren't only just part of this. Um, they were the main parts of this episode. I I didn't dislike it, but 
I've waited how long to see the Mandalorian come back? And he's in this episode for like seven minutes of an... This is a long episode. This is the longest episode of the season. And the Mandalorian's barely in it at all. I mean, it picks up right where we left off. Uh, you know, she he wakes up and he's like, oh, oh, what? I'm redeemed. Yay. She's like, yep, I witnessed it. Um, you're redeemed. You're a Mandalorian again. He took some water, put it in a little jar, in a little jar, like a little, I don't know, bottle. And I was like, okay, couldn't you have just taken that water anywhere? But all right. Uh, and then she's like, hey, did you see anything down there? He's like, no, I, I didn't realize it was that deep. She's like, yeah, it isn't really. I think the bombings must have caused all that. But uh, you didn't see anything alive? He's like, huh? What? But, you know, they leave. He didn't see anything. And she looks back in the water like, this ain't over. So they get on their ship. And he says, uh, just bring me back to my ship. I'll be well on my way. And then, boom, they're in for a space fight. I mean, it's a space fight for a while. I thought they were TIE fighters, but are they interceptors? Is that what he calls them, I think? Uh, so they're, you know, you know, doing the lasers and all that stuff. It's really exciting. And then, cool, Mando, really awesome. He jumps out of the sh out of Bo-Katan's ship and just, like, falls. Oh, he's going to get back to his own ship, the N1. And I thought, is that a basketball reference? You know, and and one is the basketball term. N1, could that be it? Uh, so he gets into a ship, and then he takes off, and he joins the fight. But um, they, you know, they take everyone out. But really, it feels like that was almost a little tease uh, because, or like almost a, um, not a bluff, you know, a, uh, distraction because all of a sudden all these other, um, ships are bombing the crap out of Bo-Katan's home, blew it all up, uh, blew up his, her robot friends. And he's, she's like, those mudscrappers, they, they completely bombed, they bombed my home. And, uh, she starts going crazy, shooting at him. Mando's like, we got to scram. Because there are a ton of ships, and she's like, "These are a there's a lot more ships here for an imperial warlord." And um, is it are they? Is this because of that pirate, the pirate king? Is he the imperial warlord they're talking about? The swamp thing looking guy? I don't know. But then we get the title card, and um, oh, before he's like, "Come on, let's get out of here. I'm going to take you someplace that um, that they won't find us," and then. And when he says that we're going to take you someplace they won't find us, I think he's talking about us because he takes her someplace that we don't find them for another, you know, 45 minutes. It's just we don't see them until the end. It's like, here, here's the Mandalorian with Grogu and Bo-Katan. They're the ones you've been waiting for. Hey, here's some characters that you kind of remember, uh, maybe care about. It's kind of a cool, interesting, compelling story. But what are we doing here? What is the point of this? I feel like this is, has to connect in later. I feel like this has to have something to do with Moff Gideon. And, or I was like, could this be a backdoor pilot? You remember they used to do backdoor pilots where like, hey, I'm going to go visit my cousin. And the cousin happens to have a whole family of characters. Um, but I don't think that's what that is based on how this ended. So we cut to this beautiful city. Um, it's Coruscant. And we see uh, Dr. Pershing. That's the dude... He's the dude who wanted to do tests on Baby Yoda, right, at the beginning. So it's like, we like this guy all of a sudden. And he's giving talks about how he was kind of forced into working with the Empire. 
And one of the people who are coming to see him speak is the female officer that worked with Moff Gideon last season. I want to say last season, but I don't even remember. I just know that he she worked on his ship. Uh, I don't remember her name. I don't even know if she has a name until we hear it later. He's talking about some research he did and how, you know, some, by a twisted individual wanted to use his cloning technology to secure more power for himself. I'm doing my best to fight off yawn, so if you hear me kind of talk like this all of a sudden, it's because it's 11.50 at night and I've waited way too long to watch this and record it. Uh, but he's talking about how uh, he's ashamed of his old work. Oh, the, the stuff when he's like the individual who wanted cloning technology. I mean, he's talking about the emperor, right? So he says he's ashamed of his old work, and now he wants to work with the New Republic. Uh, he starts, starts talking about how his mom died and how you know, he wants to work with cloning technology that could be used to save um, you know, like people like his mom with just some simple surgeries you know, that, that, that is widely available now, it seems like, the way he's talking. Afterwards, he's being spoken to by a few different people, and they're talking about how they call him brave and inspirational and how they're so glad he's working for us now. Uh, it's so glad you're with us. I'm thinking, is he? I didn't know if I trusted him or not. There was a goldfish, I call him Goldfish Face Man. He seemed like his face was a little gold, and he was, I call him Fish Face Man. I know they're Mon Calamari, but I mean, come on. It's a little on the nose, right? Why don't you just call him Fish Face Man? And that's what I'm gonna do. So um, he's being brought to a new home. And it wasn't at this, at this point I'm realizing, wait, is this entire episode about him? This reminded me of a little bit of, uh, of Andor. So he's in, he's in something called Amnesty Housing. So, okay, he works. I get it now. Like, these are former Imperial officers who have been granted amnesty by the New Republic, given jobs and new lives. And like, okay, they, we're not the Empire. We're not just going to kill you. We want to bring you in and we want to show you our way and have you work with us. And he goes into the housing and he works with, he, he meets a bunch of different people and they all have names like their battleship callouts, like B-25, you sank my battleship. And they're hanging out and uh, talking to him and he recognizes the other officer from Moff Gideon's ship. He doesn't seem crazy about seeing her uh, and they didn't know she worked for him, but he did too, didn't he, right? Uh, and they start mentioning rumors about what he's, what's, he's, what's he up to now, where is he? Someone said, I think he... I think he was, you know, he was sent to a mind flayer. I was like, mind flayer? Stranger things? Uh, but she said she tries not to think about him anymore. And they're like, long live the new republic. And they they have, they clink their drinks together. He sits with them. And um, he's like, there are a lot more here than I expected. And she's like, they're like, yeah, that's not how the Empire would have handled it. And they're like, no, no, they wouldn't have. They would have killed everybody, basically. And they, they do talk about, you know, what did you miss before? He's like, I don't. I don't miss anything. The Empire was terrible. He said, no, 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 no. I'm talking about like the little things, you know, like food or, you know, stuff like that. Oh, you know what I missed? The travel biscuits. And they're laughing and having fun time, a little time together, getting along. You know, he's trying, they're trying to start their new life. So uh, Pershing, he's in his room and he's watching this informational video or this, he's listening to something, kind of just telling him about Coruscant. There's a ring at the door, and no one's there. And he looks around, and he looks down, and he sees a box. Opens it up, and it's filled with some of those old travel biscuits that he loves. So someone is uh, being nice to him. I think I know who it is. 
during the day, he works in a cubicle. Now, he's a doctor who knows all this cloning technology, but he works in a cubicle and he just kind of logs equipment, data entry, it seems like. Um, this guy comes up and says, happy Bindu day. Uh, and he's like, oh, I didn't, you know, the male guy's like, I didn't realize you were so experienced. I wonder why they have you down here. And he says, I'm happy to do whatever I'm asked, you know, and I wonder if that's a little clue. Why do they have him down there? Is he there? Are they just keeping an eye on him because they know he's dangerous? I don't know. Or what he knows is dangerous or could be dangerous. Um, we then see him with the female officer uh, walking through the city. Oh, I forgot. She said, maybe I'll show you around sometime. And here we are showing them around. Uh, we see them eating some glow-in-the-dark ice cream. I, I, I want to say astronaut ice cream because that's something very different. Um, and we see, very cool, we see a photo, uh, I mean, a guy, looks like he's doing magic or something, a street performer, and it's the great Dean Cundy. Yes, Dean Cundy, the great cinematographer, who's also, I'm doing a, a podcast called Marchie McFly over at Geek Mentality, and guess what? Dean Cundy is the cinematographer, and he's in that movie too, Taking he's the one who takes the photo of Doc and Marty by the clock. <sighs> Just having a double Dean Cundy day is, is pretty exciting. And if you didn't know, the guy with the big white beard, he is also the de director of photography on this episode. So the dude is prolific. He's been working forever behind the camera. Uh, so she's talking to him about how um, when she was younger, she used to actually work on Coruscant when she was with the Empire. She says she thought she was doing good at the time. And he talks about how he thinks about his work and how he used to do it and he misses it. This whole thing, now looking back, she's just setting him up the entire time. I'm, but why is she setting him up? If they know what he did, I mean, he gave, a, he gave a speech on it. Why is she trying to set him up, get his information? She got all the stuff that he needed, that he needed to do it, and then wipes his memory. Is it so someone else can do it? Is oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but you all watch the episode. Um... You know, she's like, dude, uh, you know, do it here. She's she's trying to talk him into doing it here. He's like, yeah, I don't think the new republic republic is interested in that with the ethics of cloning. She's like, look, following orders blindly got us into trouble in the first place. You know, there's there's a lot of people here who want to help, and she makes it seem like you know we got to help our own way. We got to do what we can, but um, no, this you, like I just didn't trust her the whole time. I wrote down, I don't trust her. I don't trust her. I don't trust her. And I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I was, it was, it's happy. I'm happy to be right. Not happy for him, but happy, you know, for me. Uh, there's a cool thing where they show this part of this mountain and it's the top of the highest mountain. And you're right there, at the, like to show kind of how high the city in space has been, um, is, is, you know, actually thousands of feet up. And she's like, yeah, this is actually, they say this is the only actual pl place on the planet where you can see the actual planet. And he goes to touch it, and it's kind of funny. A droid stops him. Uh, he goes to see this droid, like, I want to say therapist, but kind of like this woman, woman droid, the female-sounding droid, who asks him, you know, how are you doing? Do you have any an animosity towards the Empire, uh, towards the New Republic, any of your coworkers? He's like, no, yes, yes, no, no. You know, like, he's just being interviewed, just being told and then he asks about doing his own research and she's like no that kind of work is no longer allowed according to the accords so he goes to the officer and he says how he wants to continue doing his work and you know just like he said and she thinks it's it'll do the republic good 
Um, she thinks, you know, uh, oh, I think she might still be working for Moff Gideon. That's what I wrote down. Somehow his servant is still a servant to the Empire. Uh, she wants to help him get started. Says, you know, um, you want to help the New Republic. They just can't see it yet. She said she can help him get a mobile lab unit, but they have to go outside uh, this area where they're permitted. He's like, you know what? No, I don't think I, I, I don't think I want to do that yet. Um, she's like, I've done a lot of things I'm ashamed of. I have to make up for it. He said it's too dangerous. Uh, it's just too dangerous. And I'm thinking, is this a backdoor pilot? I just, that's where I wrote down this is a backdoor pilot. So he's back in his cubicle and he's talking to the mail guy. And he's like, you know, this stuff we're working with here, a lot of this stuff is still useful. The guy's like, yeah, but that's Imperial stuff. So we need to log it and destroy it. He's like, yeah, but we could use it for good. He's like, I don't think you have the authorization for that. Maybe you could fill out some paperwork. He's like, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. It's not, it's not even a problem. He goes back to the interviewer again. And this time you can see him almost like questioning, like, um, you know, any feelings of anger or resentment towards the New Republic. And he pauses. But he's like, my main objective is to help the New Republic in any way, right? And the robot's like, yes. He's like, okay, fine. He goes back to the woman and says, let's do it. Let's get the mobile lab. I think, um, you know, she's like, this is great. You're helping the New Republic. So they go, uh, uh, they go basically to this, like, outer area. They're not allowed. They, they jump on a subway train. They're, uh, they're jumping around trying to... Um, uh, avoid these ticket takers. I don't even think they had tickets. They kind of slipped their way through the gate, slipped their way onto the train. Uh, she's like, where are we going? We're going to the disposal yards. They, you know, that's where all the Imperial ships are. They're junk, so we can just go in, slip in, slip out. Uh, she's like, have you done this before? He goes, she's like, where do you think I got the biscuits, huh? So they end up jumping from car to car all the way to the back and end up jumping out of the car, out of the train together you know, perfectly landing on some padding right there. And of course, you know, the, he's laughing like, I can't believe I just did that. And they're exactly where they need to be. So I don't know if that was planned by her. Uh, and we see an old Imperial Star Destroyer, which is pretty cool. It's like such an epic visual. They break inside and she used to work on one of these. So she knows how to get in quite easily. Uh, she's like, you know, I must have passed you like hundreds of times on the Gideon's ship. I'm sorry I never introduced myself. He's like, you don't have to apologize. That's that's not how things were back then. She's like, yeah, but that's how they are now. Elia Kane, communications officer. She holds out his hand, her hand. He says, Dr. Penn Pershing, scientist. And they shake hands. And then they right away find the lab. has everything they need. He's like, this is great. I'll just take the only thing I need. He starts taking stuff. And they hear a noise. And he's like, uh, oh, at first he's talking about... Um, you know, he used to work in a lab with his mom and blah, blah, blah. And he knew what he wanted to do as a kid, what he wanted to do with his life. And he asked her, what do you want to do when you grow up? And she's like, I never really had a chance to think about it. But before that, anything further comes from that, there's a noise. And uh, she's like, oh, that's just the ship settling. And I'm like, no, I don't trust her at all at this point. She says, let me go keep watch. He gets all his stuff. He just has like... It's like a suitcase worth of stuff or like a cooler. Uh, someone is coming. They run. They get outside. They almost make it. And there's a floodlight. And these um, all of a sudden, all these officers are there. Are there and they're like, Amnesty Scientist L-52, you are under arrest. 
I'm like, why did they just say his name? And then boom, she turns on him and faces him. I'm like, oh my goodness, she works for the coppers. She takes the container away and he gets cuffed. And I'm like, wait a second. Were they, were they just setting him up to see if he would do that? And if he and if so, he needs to be eradicated? <laughs> or like, I don't do they want the technology? Is she working for Moff Gideon? I just didn't quite couldn't quite grasp her motivations for getting him involved. He wouldn't have done anything. So she wanted him. I feel like she wanted the information for another reason. Um, and obviously, I mean, based on the, the rise of Skywalker, obviously this cloning technology does get used, right? Does get out. So maybe this is all part of that plan? I don't know. But he wakes up and he finds an, uh, the fish face man and they have him hooked up to this thing and... Um, uh, you're like he goes. I know everything that happened. The other officer already submitted a report, and you see her behind the glass. And I'm like, aha! He's like, what? Did she, what did she tell you? What did she tell you? And um, he's like, look, we're gonna hook you up to this thing. It's gonna be fine. He's like, this is a mind flare again. Not like Stranger Things. He's like, no, 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 no. That's that's no, no, no. We're not gonna wipe your mind. This is absolutely not. That's the, he goes. That's kind of like that, but it's not that. We use a low dose. It's just gonna help you heal. Okay, you're gonna be fine. And um, she's like, he's like, I was trying to help. I was trying to help. Uh, and he's like, oh, um, he's like, this will only take a moment. And you set me up. Why did you set me up? But she couldn't really even hear him. Um, and she's talking to the guy behind the glass with her. And she's like, man, I thought he was doing so well. So they're basically lobotomizing him, right? He, she's like, I'm going to stay. He's a friend. And, you know, I just, I just want to keep an eye on him. The guy's like, okay. He leaves. She's alone there. She cranks this machine up all the way. And he's like, and she enjoys one of those yellow biscuits. And that's the end of their story. And I'm thinking, wait, what was the, like, I, I, I wrote the questions down, but I think I already asked them already. Why was she doing that? Is she wiping his mind so that she, so that he no, no longer has the technology? And now they have it, but he was the guy behind it, unless they can just read his work. Are they wiping his mind to keep him out of the way? Are they wiping his mind so that he can't bring it to, uh, so they can't be put in the wrong hands? I have to know. And yet, I didn't want to be with him. I wanted to be with our friends Mando. But now I kind of want to know where that story goes. And will it will it come back? It has to. This, the whole point of this is that it's going to connect back to our Mandalorian, right? Speaking of our Mandalorian, we jump back to Din Djarin with Bo-Katan. He brings uh, they, where they go. Remember, he says, I'll bring you someplace they will never find us. He brings her to an old Mandalorian covert. Remember the place from the first episode where we saw the baptism and that giant sea alligator jumping out? And he's like, you know, this is a sacred place where they, their traditions still matter there. Uh, so, you know, you got to keep your helmet on. Uh, he's like, oh, okay, great. So he gets um, stopped when he gets out, when they get out of the ship, and the guy goes, "You're an apostate, Dinjar," and he's like, "Nope, I took a bath, bitch." He didn't say that, but that's how I pictured it. And he's like, uh, um, "Dude, how do I know you're telling the truth?" And then Bo-Katan said, "I can vouch for him, bitch." This is what I wrote down. It's not what was said, but it is what I wrote down. And he's like, "And then who the f are you?" She says, "I'm Bo-Katan." He's like, "Oh no, you're an apostate too." 
uh, but they go inside anyway. Oh, he goes, I have, we've been to the living waters. I bring proof. And again, I'm thinking, couldn't he have just gone to a bathroom and filled this up? But they let him go inside to the lady blacksmith, and he brings the water to her as proof. She puts it in this dish, and you see some blue light that shows, now that now I know why they call it the living waters. She's like, yes, it is true. These are the living waters. You are redeemed. You are redeemed. And um, so are you, Bo. You're, you, know, you now are redeemed as a Mandalorian. This is the way. And you are now too, Bo-Katan. She's like, huh? But I don't walk the way. She's like, look, you took a bath in the living waters. You haven't removed your helmet, right? Okay. So this is the way. Now you're one of us as long as you're here. But you can leave any time you want to. Welcome, Bo-Katan of Clan Crease. And they all say, this is the way, this is the way. And they're giving a pats on the shoulder and compliments. And uh, then she looks over and I thought well, there was like a sculpture on the wall. Was that supposed to be the Mythosaurus? I feel like she's obsessed with that thing. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. So the convert, I'm assuming or guessing, is her? She might have converted to a traditional Mandalorian? Um, or is it the the convert the um the female officer there what uh what what's what what's he do what's her name elia kane that's gonna be kane elia kane uh is she the convert because now maybe she's full on new republic and will go above and beyond for the new republic like she was full on empire but now she's basically just replaced her empireness for some new republicanness I don't know. But I got to know how this ends up connecting to uh, Mando, Grogu, Bo-Katan, and maybe the bigger Star Wars, Star Wars universe as a whole. Could this be leading to something with, um, with Rosario Dawson's show? I couldn't think of the, the character's name, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, could it be something? Could it be? I don't know, because all these things are connected. They're not, none of them are separate because, except Andor and is, because that's its own timeline. But the Bo-Katan, um, not Bo-Katan, the uh, Rosario Dawson, because I can't think of her character's name, um, her show and the and Boba Fett in this show, they're all in the current timeline. They're all in the same, you know, like those shows are connected. So this thing going on with um, Ilya Kane could be related to any of these shows, really. But I feel like we're going to see her with, Mo- with Moff Gideon by the end of this season. We have to, right? Uh, but that's it. I think I've nailed it. I think I did everything I could. I feel like this episode's shorter than last time, but I don't remember. I've lost track of time and... Uh, I need to get to bed immediately. But listen, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Mentality. The Facebook page is Fans Not Experts. The website is fansnotexperts.com. This is The Mandalorian Man. And until next Wednesday, everybody, may the force be with you. Fans not experts.